Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Good morning and welcome to week two of our ugly Christmas sweater. And if you are listening to us via our podcast, I am wearing a very ugly Christmas sweater. I have lights that blink. I have a red-nosed reindeer and a big fuzzy red something for a nose right over my belly button. So you can kind of be a part of what's going on here today. And we just want to remind everybody who is listening on our podcast that we pray that this would help you take your next step closer to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, during the Christmas season, too many of us can find ourselves being as ugly as one of those ugly Christmas sweaters that mom made you wear, dad made you wear because grandma made it or Aunt Gertrude made it. And they had the audacity to look you in the eye and say, it's a one of a kind. You can wear it. It sure is a one of a kind. And nobody wants to wear that thing. Anybody grow up having one of those kind of Christmas gifts given to you and then they told you to wear it? Talk about regrets. The thing is, is if we're not careful, it's not just an ugly sweater that we'll be wearing to some family event. It's an ugly heart. And the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, the truth of the matter is, is my words don't come from my brain. They actually come from my heart. School lied to us. So we need to be careful about that. Folks, it is possible for us to say some really ugly things at Christmas. And the result would be a devastation to relationships that we say, these are people we love. These are people we hoped will be in heaven. But because of the holidays and the tensions and the anxieties, all of a sudden, something ugly comes right out of our mouth. You know, last week we discussed the need to stay clear of ugly thoughts. And if we're not careful, those ugly thoughts turn into ugly actions or ugly words. And then we tend to hurt somebody. Well, today we're going to be talking about our use of ugly words. It's easy to say things to one another that are, well, unfortunately hurtful without paying much attention to doing it. And then we have the audacity to say, oh, I didn't mean anything. I was just kidding. Oh, seriously, why would that bother you? Kiddo, come on, come on, come on. Get over here, help me out. Come on, it's no big deal, it's no big deal. Anybody got a relative like that? They say something... And then they want to act like they can take it back. Or it wasn't that big of a deal. The truth is, they brought ugly into the house. It's not beautiful. It was actually hurtful. And unfortunately, ugly is one of those things we learn to memorize that event for decades to come. 
Anybody have something hurtful said to you 20 Christmases ago and you know the actual date? Not that it was the 25th, but you know what year it was? That's the power of words. But see, God wants us to use our words to build one another up. I have a friend of mine who recently passed away in Iowa. And he had a tradition. It was his gift to his family. And his gift was a day or two before Christmas morning, he would go into his little desk, his little office, and he would write out his Christmas letter to the family. Big family. Big letter. But everybody in the family, he had a word of love, care, encouragement, of the future, and he would just write these words. And there wouldn't be a dry eye around the Christmas tree as he basically prayed a blessing over each and every one in his family. Kids, grandkids, and his wife. Do you know that probably to this day, and I haven't been over there, but I can guarantee you they probably pull out them letters now that he's been passed a year or two now. It's powerful. Because his words weren't ugly. They were beautiful. They were beautiful. You know, words are powerful. And I want to, I'm going to share a little example of how powerful they can be. And how you can actually have uh, a reaction to it. So I'm, I'm just going to yell out some words to you. And I want you to yell back out a word to me when you think of that word. And they're kind of like Christmas theme words. So you yell out what you think that, what that word reminds you of when, when I say it. All right, here, let's give it a try. Snow. Germany. There you go. Not that she's from that place, Germany. Okay, so let's try another one. Hot chocolate. Yummy. Warm. Okay. Christmas lights. Beautiful. Okay. Well, since we're from that one, let's go to this one. Eggnog. Yum. Yeah. Disgusting. Okay. But since we're on that, let's try this one. Fruitcake. There was a lot of reactions. I can't even, that was just a pure blur. Mistletoe. Okay, I'm right there, babe. Does anyone really like fruitcake? Lord, help you. Jesus. Oh, Lord. Okay. Here's my point. Words carry meaning. And that is why it matters how and when we speak words. I mean, some of you guys heard those words and you were, you were feeling warm already. You hadn't even drank any hot chocolate. And some of you heard some of the words like maybe eggnog or fruitcake and you went, ugh, and you got disgusted. But there was a reaction because of a word. Just a word. Our words have power. The concept of words is so powerful and how we use them, and how we shouldn't use them, that it is saturated through all 66 books of the Bible. Let's look at this one. In Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says, Death and life 
are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In the power of the tongue. Did you realize death and life are in the power of the tongue? If you came from an abusive family, don't raise your hand, you can understand this. The way that abusive mom or dad treated you, said things to you, you felt life or you felt death. It's power in the tongue. God gives us an incredible responsibility in the way we speak to each other. Our words hold the power of life and death. How we speak to one another can bring life. Sometimes you can just say something before you know it. There's a tear dropping down somebody's eye and there's a smile that goes with it. That's power. The power of the tongue. The truth is, unfortunately, many Christians have a tendency to overlook a simple truth that our words hold incredible power. And it's during the Christmas season when we are surrounded by friends and family that we can actually do some real damage by saying something ugly or by saying things that just really hurt somebody we say we're supposed to be caring about and loving. Now, being a Christian means that we choose to give an intentional effort to avoid saying ugly words to one another. I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to be ugly. Have, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll remind you. There are friends out there who are not Christians who know that you're a Christian and the second you said something that was a little bit rude and a little bit ugly, they go, what? Hey, dude, I thought you'd go to church. I thought you were a Christian. What up with you? And they remind you that you're a Christian and you're not allowed to be ugly. That's when I want to give them the fivefold ministry. Hello? Because they're right. I don't like to be told I'm wrong, especially when I'm wrong. I know nobody else feels that way in this house, but that's all right. I'm not saying to avoid those hard conversations and sharing the truth that somebody needs to know. There's times that we need to do that. But how we share those words and when we share those words determine whether or not they're going to be experienced as words that are beautiful or ugly. There's times that people share things that are really hard for me to hear, but I needed to hear it. And you know what? It made me better. And ultimately made something more beautiful in me so that something more beautiful can come out of me. But that's really not what we're talking about today. We're focusing about those little jabs, those little sly comments with that little look. It's ugly. If nobody bothered to tell you you're not cute when you're rude, I'm here to tell you with my ugly sweater, it's ugly. 
There's nothing okay about it. If your mom did it, your dad did it, your family does it, they're wrong. We're supposed to be Christ-like. Be the generation that changes the ugly part in your family. Change it. You be the patriarch to change it. Why? Your home should be a home of peace. Your home should be a home of love. Your home should be the place where hot chocolate is. And food and family and fun. It's the safe place. I want to go to grandma and grandpa's house. Oh, I can't wait to bring my family over. Not if it's ugly words. Not if you can't, oh, I'm not bringing my kids over because I have no idea what my mom or my dad are going to say. Then they stay away. Because it's not the ugly sweater. It's the ugly words. So we're going to go to James because James really, he just gets how serious this stuff is. So if you go to James chapter 3, we're looking starting at verse 3. We're going to go through a bunch of that chapter there. It starts off saying, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. But also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, thus, say it with me, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. The tongue is also set among our members and that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. See, James teaches us in order to stop using ugly words, we need to learn to control our tongue. There are multiple examples of large things being controlled by small items. I mean, he talks about, first of all, the horse. I was talking with Steve the other day, and he came home from Texas, and he brought home two surprises, you know, two horses. And I'm telling you, for, for a, a summer, I was able to... I was a farrier. I, I, I did uh, shoes. I changed the shoes on the horses and trimmed their hoofs and all that kind of stuff. That is a short-statured man's job. That's all I got to say. But I'll tell you what. You just get a little piece of metal thing and you put it inside their mouth and this massive animal, many times you can't even see over their back because they're so tall. I can take that big boy anywhere I want. Just a bit in its mouth. The same with a big, you look at any big ship out there, it's just a small stinking rudder that determines the course of that massive ocean liner. The same thing about a forest. Just a single match. Now I'm thinking of what, Smokey the Bear, right? This little match. Thousands of acres could be burnt by one little thing. And James says that little match is equivalent to Marvin's tongue. 
I could destroy tens of thousands of lives by this. How about you? Are you? Do you realize that you're a match? If you're not careful, the lives that could be destroyed, that that will become your legacy. How many times have you received an email or a text message that just makes you angry? I mean, immediately you go, you go like this, and then you go, oh. Anybody get an email like that or a text message like that? Okay. The rest of you, we're praying for you. You know, there's a one true indicator in that situation of where you're at in your maturity with Christ. Because they said something that was so offensive, so out of line, so wrong. And they added in so many other people on the email, CC copied and all that. And all of a sudden, you're just, I'm ready. And you grab that keyboard. And you're ready to go right back at them. You want to know the one sign of a real mature Christian? Nearly impossible to offend. I'll say it again. How do you know a person's mature in Christ? It doesn't, it's not, I've been a Christian for 80 years. So what? I went to McDonald's for 80 years. It doesn't make me a Big Mac. <laughs> Just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. Go to church. Important. How do I know if you're a mature Christian? Almost impossible to offend you. I'm still working on it. How about you? See, without restraint, our words can lead us deeper and deeper into conflict with people that we don't want to be in conflict with. Well, James goes on to say, let's look at verse 7 and 8. For every kind of beast and bird of, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. So James is telling us to put a leash on our tongue. He said every other kind of animal has been controlled or been tamed. It's equivalent to like the big elephant and they got that little ring around its ankle, right? And the chain and it's a leash. And we put leashes around, you know, the big lions. He's saying, you got to control your tongue, Marvin. Put a leash on it. Get it under control. Don't let it just run wild. Well, he goes on to address this in chapter 3 as well. We'll look at verse 9 now. Now, the word id is referring to the tongue. With it we bless our God and Father. And with it, with our tongue, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives and a grapevine 
bear figs? Thus no spring, meaning a water spring, yields both salt water and fresh. See, James believes that's how we speak to others. That how we speak to others, that that's the problem. That on one hand, we speak to them with all these curses and all these ugly words. And then we speak to God. Hey, God, you're so great. I just love you. You're the best, Pops. He's going, can't you plainly see? You don't go to the, the, the spigot and you turn the spigot on and sour and bitter water come out. Then you turn it off and turn it back on and then comes fresh water. You get only one kind. So if you're going to be this way to God or be this way on Sundays, then why aren't you this way to the one you say you love? Why do you act one way when you're in public and another way when you're in private? with the one you say you love. He's catching us and saying we're being two-faced. It's like, wow, James, you're not nice. He goes, I'm not here to be nice, Marvin. I love you enough to be truthful, to help you, so that you don't have to walk around your whole life wearing an ugly sweater. Because the ugly attitude... The ugly heart, the ugly words, it's like wearing an ugly sweater. Everybody notices it. The words that we use, they, another way to say it, if I had a, a window on a hinge and I could just open it up, this door, it's, it's, it's like here, here's my heart. If you want to know what's inside of me, and who I really am, all you got to do is look at my words. You know what that also means? There's a door and a hinge on your heart. And as you speak, you open it up and you reveal what's in your heart. It's powerful. It's powerful. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's what's in there. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, Luke says this, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his stomach speaks. No? For out of the abundance of the heart, the what? The mouth speaks. You catch that? He, Luke is agreeing with James and James with Luke, however you want to look at it. He's saying, guess what, Marv? You can't be two people. You're only one. You're Marvin. Stop acting like if you're going to be evil, then be evil. Then don't act like you're good. So say no to evil, say no to bad, say no to those things that are ugly and painful and hurtful. And just allow yourself to be used by God to be that person who's going to pour out words of encouragement, words of life. I'm going to reveal a little secret that I don't usually reveal. 
lot of times when I go on these mission trips, I do a little thing that nobody knows they're, in, they're going to get involved in. But they signed up and now they're, they're stuck. They're going to have to experience this. And what I do is I bring a chair and I put it right here. And then what happens is I put a person right there in the center. I say, you need to sit there. And maybe there's a dozen of us on the trip. And that person has to sit on that stool. And then I put another stool in front of them. And then I say, Jack, will you come and sit here? Now, Jack, give words of life. Tell them what God has shown you great about them. So the other 11 members begin to share what good things that they know about this person, even if they've met them for the very first time on this trip. So they have father and sons or mothers and daughters, and you got people who are maybe uh, married, whatever it might be, all the different relationships. And one by one, they can't leave. And all they do is hold each other's hands, look each other in the eye, and answer the phone. No. <laughs> what happens is they thought they were coming to be a blessing on a mission trip to foreigners in a foreign land. And they found out God brought them so they could be personally healed in a way they never even thought or saw coming. And then the next time, we put somebody else in that chair. Maybe we do two or three a night. But by the end of the week, Everybody's had an opportunity to sit in the stool of words of life. And then I tell them all, now you're bound to secrecy. You've all signed an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, never to tell anybody else. Why? So when we do another trip, the person coming won't know that this is coming as well. People's lives are changed. I'm sharing this not because I thought it was a good idea to reveal the secret. I'm sharing this because I think God wants you to share words of life with somebody this Christmas. And maybe you need to go to a coffee shop. Maybe you need to have somebody over your house at the table. Or somewhere in the sunroom, wherever it is. And you need to sit down and grab their hands and just look them in the eye and say, I love you. And the first time you came, Jack, and I met you and I heard the story of Corky, it blessed me. Yeah. And I still want you to bring donuts for me down. <laughs> Apple fritters. Apple fritters. <laughs> I've seen God change you, Jack. I've seen God pour into your life. You become a man of God in your own family. The way you pray, I've seen it change. You used to be a great, strong, athletic man. But you're a greater man today than you've ever been. And God still has purpose and meaning and direction for your life. It's just beginning. Thank you. Words of life. You mean you couldn't do that to somebody you care and love? It's your challenge this week.
Send a text, send a phone call, get an email. Who is it that God's put on your heart for you to reach out to? And say, could you come over? Can I come over? Can we go get coffee? Can we go? Whatever it is, I, I just need to spend a couple minutes with you. And watch what God would do. Does it have to be a stranger? No, it can be. Could it be my spouse? Yeah. Could it be one of my kids? Yeah. Grandkid? Yeah. A neighbor? A friend? Somebody you hadn't seen in a while? It's whoever God puts on your heart. And just reach out. I sent a text message to my sister Tiffany. I've never even met her in person yet. God put her on my heart. I just called her. I just sent a text. I said, hey, Tiff, I just want you to know I'm praying for you today. I'm thinking about you. I hope everything's all good. God's faithful, even when it's dark. She texts me back. She goes, your timing is impeccable. You have no idea. Tears. Thank you. You see? Just like that. Words of life take an ugly sweater and all of a sudden something beautiful comes. So Father, I pray blessing on your people. God, you've given us a challenge to reach out, maybe to a prodigal. Maybe, Father, to a distant family member, a friend, a co-worker. Who is it, God? That we would just share words of life of love, of kindness. You would show us how to tell them how important they are to you and how important they are to us. We could be a blessing. And God, how funny it is. As much as they're blessed, we're blessed for doing it. It's what Christmas is really all about. And we just pray, Father, Give us the courage to take the next step that we can take off our, our ugly and put on your beauty. Yes. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.